It's time now to get straight off the top and talk about last night's draft with a, a young man who did a remarkable job. Uh, he, Mitch Cleary, uh, last night, of course, uh, and the whole team, and also um, uh, also to, to Nat, who does a remarkable job on afl.com.au, and they covered off the draft in very simple, efficient but enthusiastic terms, and it was good to watch last night. And Cal Toomey joins us online, afl.com.au, draft specialist and journalist. Uh, Cal, congratulations, mate. It was a wonderful coverage to watch. Well played. Oh, I appreciate that, Goss. Thanks for that. Yeah, it was good fun. Uh, it was. We had a lot of feedback that I think the punters out there enjoyed the fact it was a little bit more uh, free-flowing as a draft, maybe in comparison to last year. Clearly, in the mid-season draft, they don't have the, the bidding or the live trading, which sort of mm. made it a bit of a quicker event. But lots of great stories to come out of last night. And I actually did hear, Goss, that you broke the news to Connor West's parents. <laughs> <laughs> Is this true? It is true. Um, so I let it. I let it sit for about ten or fifteen minutes after I saw that he was drafted, and I looked at socials, and you know everyone chimes in, and I think even the news had it on already, and everyone had turned around. So I just took the liberty of texting Kylie and just saying, and Robbie, and um, and just texting, said, "Congrats to Kylie. Congrats, Mum." Took a while to get back to me, and she got back. She goes, "Why?" And I said, "Oh, Connor." And she goes, "What's he done?" I said, "Been drafted by the Eagles." And she goes, "Yeah, right." So she didn't even believe me. <laughs> And then, and the same for Robbie. So, and and a couple of people have chimed in and said, "Oh, you know, it should have been for the son to tell him." It was all over social media. It was online. It was not like it was a great secret. I just thought they would have been the first to know and across it. But neither of them knew the draft was on. <laughs> well, clearly, uh, West Coast only made their their picks available the day before the, the mid season draft by placing Daniel Venables and Jared Cameron on the long term injury list, and we knew that. Will Collins was right in their sights, who was their mm. first pick, a, a sweeping competitive defender from the Swan Districts footy club. But maybe Connor West was even taken aback by their interest as well. So potentially it was a bit of a surprise to all. But yeah, good pick and clearly a, a, a player that they've earmarked to come in and be ready to go straight away. Yeah, Robbie West's going to join us after the next break. Um, he's up uh, at Christmas Creek up on the mine site where he's been for the last 12 months and he's very, very excited. But he was telling me that Connor got called to the club yesterday. I think there was a number of hopefuls called. I think, And I stand corrected on this because I'm not, I'm not privy to this situation, but I think they did some last-minute medicals. And I, I think he was none the wiser for being picked and he, uh, he was shocked by it all too. So it all happened pretty quick. But he's a good pick-up, Connor West. I will say this. I mean, he's, he's hard at it. If you look online, you look at the... He got ironed out by Brady Gray. And I think it was almost like the first West Coast Eagles waffle team game or one of the first where Brady Gray split him right down the middle and uh, knocked him out, Connor West. But he's gone away, got tougher, got bigger, got stronger, a bit older. Um, he's going to be a handy acquisition. And we know that tackling's been a bit of an issue at West Coast. So he might come in handy very soon. Well, he's averaging six tackles uh, a game so far in, in the waffle with West Perth and 27 disposals. And they played well in the state match uh, against the Sample last month. So clearly he's got the form on the board. And as you mentioned about Matty Parker, these guys can come in and play straight away. Whether mm. they necessarily will, there'll be an adjustment period clearly when it comes to game plan. And we know that coming into an AFL system, there is that that transition of getting to know where to be, when to be, what the terminology is and all the rest, so you are playing your role. But I think that West Coast, given that the midfield injuries and struggles that they've had this season with different players, will be looking at him to say, well, you know, there's a spot there for you. So mm. if you can come in and reproduce what you've done at waffle level, then there's every chance we'll be seeing an AFL de- debut pretty soon.
Very soon. Uh, so can I just, in general terms, the 22 opportunities, I was surprised with clubs have spots available that don't take them, Gold Coast and Essendon. Can you just give us an idea of what changes? Is that simply because maybe the players that they had done their due diligence on had been taken and they just didn't want to just put a bloke on their list for the sake of it? It's exactly that. Yeah, that, there's no point in the clubs um, putting on guys who... They're not quite sure about it. We've got to remember as well, guys, this is a rookie draft and there isn't this much um, hype or hoopla about the end of year rookie draft because it's mid-year. The clubs view it a little bit differently and it can be for a six-month term just to see how these players go towards the end of the season. Players can nominate to go a little bit longer and stay as 18-month players as well. And if you're the player such as John Newcomb, you can nominate a three-year term and, and end up at the Hawks, which is an intriguing story in itself. But when you talk about Essendon and Gold Coast and there's a couple of others, Carlton and St Kilda also left some spots open before uh, heading into the night. It just means that, yeah, their players are picked off. And speaking to clubs in the lead-up, they had a list of maybe six, seven, eight names that they're really happy with, you know, at the higher end. And once those players have been picked off, they're happy enough to pass and, and let it be. And particularly with clubs such as the Bombers and Gold Coast, I mean, Essendon are on the fringes of the top eight. They If they win this week in Dreamtime in the West, against uh, the Tigers, and they'll be right in the thick of the finals mix. But they're probably not sides who are pushing for the premiership, clearly. So the, you look at the guys who uh, have gone to Melbourne, in particular in Kai, Kai class, who's a, a ready-made key back slash wingman. Um, you look at what the Tigers did with Matty Parker. These are clubs that view themselves as being right in that window. So they maybe approached it a little, a little bit differently. And that is across the board. I mean, look at North Melbourne right at the top. They, they were looking for talent. And with the number one pick, they got the most talented player. And the same for Gold Coast with that Ruckman. He might play Ned Moyle. He might play towards the end, of the end of this season. But it's really a look at the future for them in grabbing a 19-year-old big man who was overlooked at last year's draft. Cal Toomey from afl.com.au and, of course, of course, all the draft uh, expert and uh, reconnaissance of all these clubs. Uh, there were some there were some surprises. Who are the top three surprises not picked up at all that you thought were shoe-ins to go? Well, the big one on the night was whether Richmond would go with Nathan Freeman and they had an interest in Sam Durham who was taken the pick before them by the Bombers at pick nine. So when Richmond's pick 10 rolled around, I think it was out of Matt Parker and Nathan Freeman. In the end, they went with Matt Parker. So uh, clearly they'd been considering Nathan Freeman. So he missed out in the end, but he'll go back to VFL footy once that resumes in Victoria and I'm sure continue to press his case. He's averaged 41 disposals this season for Frankston, the former uh, Saints and... Collingwood player, so he's one. Tyson Stengel is another talking point, of course, mm. off, because we know he was cut by the Crows uh, in the lead-up to this season. As part of that agreement in, in being delisted at that point, he was given eligibility to, to be picked up in the mid-season pool, and so many clubs had a look at him, so that's the interesting part for mine. The clubs had a look at him, they spoke to him, they wanted to see where he's at, but they probably just want to see a little bit more, and that might come in the second half of this season. And then by the end of the year, he might get a chance as a delisted free agent where he can really work through where he does end up and, and find out the right fit because clubs will be looking at him again over the next coming months because he's one of the most talented players outside of the pool. And then there's someone like Riley Knight, who's obviously come out of the Adelaide Crow system. He waited and just beat the buzzer, Goss, on, on nominating mm. for the draft. He put in an 18-month term just before the deadline last Tuesday which made many clubs think, okay, maybe there's a club out there that's committed to taking him. And the Saints are one that did have a look at him. In the end, they didn't choose to go with him. But those are three guys that have come out of the AFL system that 
will count themselves a little bit unlucky, but we'll wait and see how they go in the rest of their state league season. It's a crazy time to be a young hopeful, isn't it, with COVID, and it's not going away, and we know what you're going through over there in Victoria at the moment. Hopefully that will settle very, very shortly. Um, how much disruption before the next draft and the main draft and the national draft, and what is the sort of the player pool looking like? I mean, you're across this even in the late time, so uh, what's your thoughts in regards to the talent available coming through all the, all the competitions around Australia? Yeah, this break in Victoria is certainly not ideal, and that's understating it. And look, we take a... a Look at it through the, the eyes of the, the draftees of this year's pool, and they had their under-17s year wiped out in Victoria, so mm. we didn't get to see these guys at all last season. And then this year, they've only played a handful of games. There's been a restructured NAB League season, which has seen a bit of a recess. And then they just come back, and then this uh, lockdown has happened over a couple of weeks. And, and hopefully by the end of next week, then we're, we're past that. But you do expect that this is going to push back the NAB League season. The AFL's really adamant that it will get the games back what it has missed and, and what it will miss but it just means there's that extra level of uncertainty and, and unseenness I'm not sure if that's a word but these these AFL recruits haven't seen these, these draftees that much this season and they haven't seen them all from last year so they, we look at back at last year's draft guys and the, the recruiters and clubs had the under 17s form of all of last year's draft class they could, they could see what Logan McDonald did as a 17 year old, they could see what Will Phillips did as a 17 year old they knew what Jamara Eugle Hagen had done as a 17-year-old. This year, coming into this season, they were looking back at under-16s form, which is way too far in the past and a rearview mirror. So it's a really difficult stage for recruiters to uh, look at these prospects. But overall, I think the talent pool is exciting. There's some definitely some, some players in that top uh, 10 to 15 groups that we like to look off from a WA perspective. Matthew Johnson looks like a real standout, a midfielder who's been playing some league footy. He hasn't been absolutely dominating at that level. But we know what a good player he is as a, as a nice-sized midfield option. And also Jack Williams is another one as a key forward who's been playing some strong footy at Colts level. So uh, there's a couple of names. And Jacob Van Ruyen as well is, yeah. is a hard-working key forward. And, and they're probably the standouts at the moment from a WA perspective. Last one for before we let you go. Kel Toomey from AFL.com.au across all things draft and recruiting is on Sporting Goss. Jamara Eugle Hagen, of course, we know that it's been overdosed on it. We know that uh, the Bulldogs are sick of talking about it. From you sitting where you're sitting and not being on selection and knowing where the Bulldogs are at, are you surprised he has not made his debut yet? Forget about what we think he might be not doing enough hard work, not working both ways, too much social media, all that crap. All I don't care. But are you surprised halfway through the season that he has not played an AFL game? To be perfectly honest, no. I mean, if, maybe if you took him back 10 months, I would have said, of course, he'll play early in the season. But then you look at it a little bit closer and you see what the dogs have at their disposal in the forward half and how well they're going. It's such an unusual situation where the number one pick goes to the premiership favourites. I mean, that, when's that ever happened before? It's, it's so rare. So they've been given so much luxury to just let him develop at his own speed at BFL level. He's played a couple of really good games. He's played a couple of quieter ones. He got concussed a couple of weeks ago, so he's missed a, a couple of weeks with that. Uh, didn't travel with the senior side to Sydney for their extended stay up there. Um, and then obviously onwards to, to Perth. So look, it's... It doesn't surprise me, and I think that in some ways it might be the best for, thing for him because he'll play at some point. He might get a game in the second half of this season. But Luke Beveridge has always been one who keeps his players on their toes with selection. You're never quite sure which way he's going to go when match committee comes out. And uh, this is just another example of a player being made to earn it. And 
it might be the best thing for him because he's such a huge talent and I can't wait to see him when he does get out there, but we might just have to wait until later this season or potentially 2022. Brilliant stuff last night with yourself. Uh, also, Mitch Cleary and Nat Edwards, mate, on online. Loved watching it. Loved the simplicity of it and loved uh, that you knew every single player. Uh, you were crystal balling. You nailed it all the way through it. It was good to watch. Well done and thanks for joining us today. Thanks a heap, guys. Appreciate it, mate.